0: Hi, everybody. Really, really good stuff with John Middlecoff at the volume coming up. I'm going to have John and I are going to talk every Sunday night during the season. So John just has a wealth of information. The former scout, he's a buddy, he's a friend. He's really good at stuff. You know, I I was thinking about if you go look at the quarterback position in the NFL, it almost feels corporate. Even Tom Brady's personality was suppressed when he was in New England. It was suppressed. He got a little lively and added some personality in Tampa. But that's the league. It's very corporate. And what's interesting to me, if I said to you, big personality at quarterback, most of the guys I would mention, Baker Mayfield, Cam Newton, Jay Cutler, Johnny Manziel, don't work. The guys that are kind of cliched and coach speak. It's been through the years sort of Brady, uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Justin Herbert, uh, Joe Burrow, is that personality is wonderful. But what you're basically doing, the more power you have in life, the more you will suppress information because you'll have more information and it'll be more vital information. I I told somebody once, when I was in my 20s and 30s, I wanted to pretend I knew everything. And then I got to my 50s, I have more access to stuff, and I suppress more information. Well, when you're a quarterback in the NFL, there are discussions you're having with the coach, the coordinator, and the GM that are not shared with other players. And so what makes Aaron Rodgers very unique, he's a star quarterback, and he's sort of like a rogue, independent personality. Like most guys that have that, Jeff George was outspoken. Cutler was outspoken. It mostly goes sideways. This is, you are the face of the franchise. You do that Wednesday press conference. You stand in front of the media. You're not here to be glib and funny. You're here when they ask tough questions to be a cooler, to be a blanket, a wet blanket on a possible inflammatory story. I mean, they did a sketch in the 80s on Saturday Night Live about Joe Montana and Phil Hartman was involved. And the whole joke of the sketch was Joe Montana was great, but the most boring man in the world. (laughs) Because quarterbacks are paid to suppress information. You want to bring the temperature down in the room and concentrate on football. That's the opposite of Aaron. Aaron is R-E-L-A-X. And now with the New York media, who was, you know, they're created to inflame. I think it's a fascinating relationship. And the schedule is tough enough and the O-line is concerning enough that the the Jets could get pushed around in the opener against Buffalo. And in fact, one of my favorite bets in week one is Buffalo minus like one and a half against the Jets. I think their defensive front will give uh, the Jets trouble. And I think you're going to be able to identify very quickly what New York's problem is. Um, that's why it's really important. Mackay back and Aaron Rodgers, the right tackle, the quarterback playing against the Giants. It's interesting. If it's a turnstile, it's a problem because the Giants have a good pass rush. You know, this is why for years and years I've said, I don't mind personality. I don't want it at quarterback. Like Mahomes is funny. He He's able to compartmentalize a lot of moving targets. But if you really listen to Mahomes, he always says the right thing. Aaron often says the most interesting thing. It can be with Pat McAfee. It can be at a press conference. He can be direct. He can be passive aggressive. So that's who he is at his core. Never married, no kids, independent thinking, $150, $250 million net worth or more, probably $300 million. So I think that's it's not necessarily going to be volcanic, but if you look at the big personalities at quarterback, most implode. Aaron at the end of Green Bay. Certainly didn't implode, but regressed. It just didn't work even in a small media market. Like it didn't play into his favor. So this is who Aaron is, right? He's not had to sacrifice a lot in his life due to his talent and his lifestyle. So I can't wait. I absolutely cannot wait to watch it. And I think very early they will struggle to protect Aaron against Buffalo. So (laughs) I We're not going to have to wait very long. That Monday night opener, Bill's Jets. From that point forward, we're going to have ourselves a very prickly, bumpy story. The team I want to watch the most, and because the NBA is very much about the shield and corporate. It's not a drama league, right? Like in the NBA, A lot of times you don't care about the team, but the story is good. You know, like KD leaves Westbrook. Westbrook wins the MVP. It's a good story. You know, can the Philadelphia 76ers finally win and get to a second playoff series? The story is better than the team, right? In the NFL, I just kind of like winners. I I do think the Broncos with Peyton and Russell Wilson, I think it's the best story. Because... um, If it doesn't work, they're kind of effed. I mean, because Russell, I mean, Josh Allen's cap hit next year, and you can manipulate it by the time it arrives, is going to be like 18% of the cap for the Bills. Like, they have to win now. They can't screw around with Stephon Diggs. Like, the reason the Dolphins are interested in Jonathan Taylor is like two is only 4.5% of the cap. Dak's 12, right? Josh Allen's going to be 18.5. They have to win this year. So I think that's really interesting, the drama around Buffalo. But I also think it's it, it's there's a weird thing in sports. If you asked how many players believe in God, it would be 90%. But Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, and Russell Wilson wear it on their sleeve. And a lot of people view, like, Russell as inauthentic. And I'm like, you know, he's very religious, great conviction. I always thought that's just who he is. You know, people say Kirk Cousins is soft and corny, and I'm like, he's a family man. He's religious. It's who he is. I've had two different Raiders say, you know, Derek Carr wore some guys out. And I'm like, that's who he is. You know, he's a man of faith. And I asked Kevin Clark this yesterday. um, Do you view Russ as inauthentic or just religious?
1: I view him as inauthentic, but I've talked to enough people. That is, he's kind of robotic. So this version that everyone makes fun of is actually who he is. Because you know, I would say the thing that I value the most in any human being is just be yourself, right? It's why I think you know people in the medium we're in having the most success or the most honest and just act like or you don't pretend to be something they're not can just be very authentic to themselves, whether you agree with them or not. And I think Russell comes off too often, or at least has. I haven't been locked into all his press conferences. Sean Payton got there, but it's just kind of a phony. And, you know, I, I heard a story once that he had a golf tournament and invited everyone to the golf tournament, right? Everyone at the golf tournament was an invitation from him. So he knows these, a lot of former players, coaches, whoever. And he had security when he showed up. So there's an element, like one of the things that Patrick Mahomes... You know, Favre had this forever. I, th- I think Peyton and-, and Tom were the biggest stars that that kind of were able to play both sides of the fence perfectly on this as they always felt one of the guys, right? Tom always felt like, even though, ironically, he was a health nut, could drink beers, right. slam cheeseburgers with his offensive linemen. Same with Peyton. Uh, you know, you go back throughout the history of the quarterback position. Joe Montana was friends with all his teammates. Now, I also think that players... If you are true to yourself, like Derek Carr's married, he's got four kids. Kirk Cousins is very, very religious. So is Derek. If they think that you're being authentic about it, I, I don't think it bothers guys deep down, especially if you're playing well. I think once you get the poor play and you have the weirdness, because I, I remember when I was uh, scouting, I ran into a dude from Denver and they had just signed Peyton Manning, or maybe, maybe it was during the season. So Peyton had been there for a while. And he was like, Peyton's a lot, man. We had to dedicate a couple scouts for him. He got his own office. So, all the stuff last year with Russell Wilson, they had done before. But what happened? Peyton got there, superstar, MVP. They start kicking. No one cares. Peyton was not easy to work with, right? But when you're winning, when you're playing at a high level, and everyone knew they needed Peyton more than probably he needed them, he could have gone a bunch of places. I think last year, Russell, everyone opened their arms immediately. And then he started playing poorly. And then the story started leaking about, you know, him making the Seattle, it just imploded. And obviously Nathaniel Hackett over his head. But and I heard you talking about this, and I agree. He's definitely slimmer. He moved better the other night against the 49ers. But the pressure, I think the pressure on him and the pressure on Rodgers, every game is going to be just treated probably 5x, most of these other games. Just part of it has to do with who they are, how famous they are, how much money they make, the trades. How much power they have over coaches and owners? It, it is just you don't see it very often. These Hall of Fame quarterbacks. I mean, Rogers is older, but Russell in his prime. I mean, that's what makes the Pete Carroll angle so. Are they just going to be really good? Is Pete just going to win this trade seamlessly? I know that Jigba got hurt today, but obviously, if they're healthy, Seattle's going to be good again. We don't know. I mean, Denver easily could be seven and ten. Pete goes ten and seven. He's in the playoffs. Like, I'm sorry, he wins the trade. Well, I I think here's here, here's my
0: take is that if you look at Aaron Rodgers and the Jets and Russell Wilson with Denver, it's there's a lot of similarities. They're both in the AFC. They're both in good divisions. They're both veterans. They both have you know declining athleticism, but both still good athletes. And they're both going to get a lot of Hall of Fame votes. Both have a new coach. Both have I would say intense coaches. Peyton and Sala are intense coaches, and there's pressure on both. This is where Russell's optimism could be very beneficial. I think at his core, Aaron's more agnostic. Aaron's more cynical, a bit more snarky. I think that's who he is at his core. A little bit more of a hipster. That's who he is. And that's okay. I can be a little bit too snarky. And so I think when Fit hits the Shan, Aaron's who he is is a little cynical and a little snarky. I think when Fit hits the Shan for Russell, He tends to be optimistic and uh, we'll get through this. And I do think that placebo effect, the power of the mind is valuable. And I do think they're going to have both of these quarterbacks this year. John are going to have turbulence. And what I know, you know, Russell will be highly optimistic if they're five and five. We're going to get through this. There's a brighter day. That's the messaging. If the Jets are five and five, there is a chance Aaron Bales on his right tackle who can't protect him.
1: Well, Colin, that, oh, that could happen like week one. Uh, <laughs> the, the the difference too is in Denver, the head coach is going nowhere, right? I mean, he's he's on scholarship for a while. He's he's the boss. Aaron, let's just say it's it's always easy in football, probably more than any other sport. Things are so optimistic in general in the offseason and then in training camp. And then all of a sudden, it's middle of September, and you're 0-2, and, and things are getting tight. And listen, I was a big believer in the Jets, and then I'm not trying to do my, all my scouting on hard knocks, but their offensive line is a disaster. Right Now, can they make up for it with an elite defense, like if they're the number one defense, and Rodgers just understands how to kind of manipulate it all? But that's probably still best case 9 or 10, not 13 or 14. You You cannot, if your offensive line... Is bottom 10 in the league. I, I don't care if you've got Montana, Rodgers, Manning in their pro- that's a problem, right? And they got to figure that out. And I'm sure they are going to be claiming guys off the waiver. They're willing to make trades, but that, that is to me, the current biggest problem for all a team that has the upside. If they had a good offensive line, I think everyone would pick them to be like an AFC contender, yeah. right? A real one, yeah. right? But if, if Rogers, who I, I was reading Peter King earlier, he's the oldest quarterback in the NFL by a pretty wide margin right? He's about to turn 40. All the other guys, even the older guys, Cousins and Tannehill, they're 35. What's Russell? 33, 34. That's a pretty big gap when we had a long stretch you know, with the Eli, the Carson Palmers, the Peyton Manning. The Tom, obviously, Tom's a little bit of an outlier, but guy, Roethlisberger guy, Drew Brees, 39. Four, there were a ton of them. Now, he clearly is the oldest. And let's face it, I, and I don't blame him, and you saw this definitely last year with Tom, and I think you kind of saw it for two years. With Tom. You don't want to get hit anymore. That's right. You know, you check your bank account. You got you know nine figures. You're already a Hall of Famer. You want to win, but there is a level of I'm not going to get I'm not going to play like Archie Manning here and just get driven into the ground every play, right? And you already kind of you know if you watch Hard Knocks. Episode two, Rodgers is, and I don't blame him. I mean, this is the offensive line, this is the pros. The expectations are high. We've invested a lot. We've, we've drafted guys high, but if they're not good enough, the thing in the NFL, this is not the NBA where you're kind of stuck. You will just bench a guy. You will remove a guy. You'll move other guys through. But that is, that's probably the hardest position group to just running backs, I can rotate. Wide receivers, I can rotate. DBs. Offensive line, if you got a constant rotation, you probably got a you know, tire fire in your hands.
0: Well, and the other thing, and I'm not a psychologist, but um there is a reality is that uh if you're married, you have kids, your life's a series of sacrifices. I know I live in that tunnel. You know, Aaron's in yeah. the Kevin Durant, never married, no kids. He kind of gets his way a lot, right? So, you know, when 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 again, when stuff unravels for me. I got kids. I got a wife. I make sacrifices daily. Uh, It's just part of my existence. But, you know, Aaron's in that Durant tunnel where it's rich. He's the sun in his galaxy, kind of gets his way, wants to take a nap, wants to go on a hunting trip, fishing trip. I had this thing years ago I told a scout, I like my quarterbacks married. And I and he we, we he joked about it. He said there's value in this is because when you're married you get very responsible very quickly. You have to learn to compartmentalize your life. School with the kids, recital, practice, film. He goes, "Single guys don't have to compartmentalize stuff. It all mushes together. What do I feel like doing? Whatever I want to do." And I said, "I think quarterback being married, you know, most of the great ones even ones that drove me nuts, Big Ben sometimes, he was married. He had kids. He had sort of a um, a hierarchy of things, you know, a pattern of life. And I, and I guess my point is, if shit goes sideways for Aaron, it didn't a lot in Green Bay. Most of it was Aaron inflicted and Aaron created. I mean, no chaos front office, good offensive lines, never whiffed on drafts. Media was... Um, kind of in a sidecar. You know, they they were your buddy. And what I mean, the, the turbulence for Aaron in Green Bay was kind of Aaron created. He's never had it land in his lap, not of his own creation.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's definitely something to the way the scouting community, but just human beings, right? A lot of guys, even if you are career driven, I know for me, up until about my mid-30s, I was always like, you know, no serious relationships. These last... I'd say three or four years. I've been in two serious relationships, and I've gotten better at every aspect of my life. I've had to give up things that I used to be able to do. But you become more balanced. You become more reliant on other people. They become more reliant on you. You drop bad habits. And like you said, Tom Brady when he played the best football of his life, when he got married Giselle for the next whatever d- decade, right? Peyton was married the whole time. So I, I think part of this just gets back to the Jets are just a uh, not the most consistent organization, and, and they have. And this gets back to the difference between Sean Payton and Russell. Like it this. If it doesn't go well, Robert Sala is going to get fired, right? Joe Douglas is in major trouble. Like it's just the way the, the sport works, right? If, if Aaron were to want them gone, they would go. This is where the other problem is, like, he's got way more juice than anyone in the organization now. And he's shown before he can be a little selfish. And he's doing all the right things. I, I, I am pro what we've seen out of Rogers. Clearly, he's going above and beyond eating lunch with all these different guys every single day. Poaching the defensive backs up. Like I think he understands it, but like you said earlier, it's easy to do when everything's going well off season. Go start one and three. <laughs> and everyone talking shit about you everywhere you look because all of a sudden you start slowing the AFC. There is no making up for it, right?
0: None. The new movie, Gran Turismo, is based on an unbelievable true story about a team of unlikely underdogs, a struggling working class gamer, a failed race car driver, and an idealistic motorsport executive. Together, they risk it all to take on the most elite sport in the world. It's a great, compelling story. It's some of the most famous racing competitions in the world, and they are recreated through the use of actual Nissan GTs and practical effects. It's really cool. It's really a movie that needs to be seen on the big screen. A lot of action, really intense. It's an inspiring, uplifting, action-packed story that proves that nothing in life is impossible. Grand Turismo, based on a true story, exclusively in movie theaters this Thursday. Get your tickets today, rated PG-13. This baseball season continues to heat up. You could watch it on TV, but what's better than going to the park on a beautiful summer day with friends for last minute, amazing deals on tickets. Check out Game Time, the fastest growing ticket app in the United States. And it doesn't stop at just sports, summer concerts, comedy tours, all across the country. Game Time has your tickets. Download the Game Time app. And the redeem code is Colin. That's me. C-O-L-I-N. $20 off your first purchase. 20 bucks, No matter where you live, go out. End the summer in style. Comedy. Baseball. Concerts. It's the Game Time app. Last-minute deals. Lowest prices guaranteed. $20 off your first purchase. 20 bucks. Terms apply. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com.
1: Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.
0: If you had a team that you're sort of selfishly rooting for, I think it would be Chicago for me. Um, I work at Fox. We have the NFC. We have a lack of star quarterbacks. I think we need Justin Fields to be fascinating. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, for years and years, Fox and the NFC had this huge advantage. We had these great teams and Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. And uh, even though Kaepernick wasn't great, he was newsworthy. Our we just ball. had... Yeah, we just had really good quarterbacks. Now, like Jared Goff on any Sunday is the best NFC quarterback. And I like Goff, but he's probably 10th, 12th best in the league. And I do think that there's a team for me. I would like to I think I think I want to see Chicago be big because I think it's such a great American sports city. It's an NFC team. I work for Fox. Is there a team for you? You look at and you just think, you know what? They make my life
1: better. I'm into them. They're more football more fun. Is there a team for you? Yeah, I mean, I'm an NFC guy. Growing up, you know, on the 49ers, I, I I think the Giants, you know, Brian. Listen, I, I root for ball chubby guys, so Brian Dayball is an easy root for me. But <laughs> I actually think there are a lot of parallels with with Daniel Jones and Alex Smith. It is very powerful when a coach not just gives you confidence, totally believes in you, but then knows what he's doing. And you saw with Alex, who was the number one overall pick. And once he left Urban Meyer, he went through Mike Nolan and Mike Singletary. And it was, it, he looked like a royal bust disaster, but he's mentally tough. And he somehow held on to get, once Harbaugh got there, changed his life. And then he gets to Andy Reid, a much better schematic coach than Harbaugh, makes him into a really, really good player. I'm not trying to overreact to the preseason game, but I thought Daniel Jones just looked noticeably more confident. And I think he's more physically gifted than Alex. He's more, yes. I, I, he's bigger. And, yeah, and that organization—I'll give them credit because I probably wouldn't have touched this guy. He had been injured. He got paid. He didn't seem like the same guy. Darren Waller looks like he's back to 2019. You can't. How do you cover a guy six foot five, six foot six that can run like a deer and who has elite ball skills when he's healthy? He is a dominant player. The other thing is you have Saquon Barkley, who you know looked like it was going to go down the Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs role, and then he's like, oh, "I'll just sign for the franchise tender." He's all in. They draft the kid from Tennessee who can run like 90 miles an hour. Hyatt, if if Dayball is the next, you know McVeigh Shanahan, which last year what he did with that roster and a not confident Daniel Jones, what can he do now that he has this quarterback? The division's hard, and they got mollywhopped by the by Philly a couple times, and Dallas is clearly better. Can they just shrink that gap, even if they go one and three against those two teams? but instead of this 9 and 8 it's maybe 10 and 7 but it just looks better and i know they won a playoff game last year it was against that viking team i just wonder if they're a little more formidable and like you said the nfc if you get the bears a little relevancy the giants are back the nfc east rolling with the 49ers you know the nfc is we all talk shit about it but it might be a little stronger than you think
0: you know and i i'm with you on the giants so first of all <clears throat> Every great team in this league feels like they have a pass rush. So they have a good defensive front. Kayvon Thibodeau will be second year in the pros. He should pop. Elite left tackle. Weapon and Waller and Barkley. An experienced playoff quarterback. Progressive, smart offensive coach. And a winnable division. I mean, it's certainly not the AFC West. It's not the AFC East. I look at the Giants and I think the one thing I'll say about Daniel Jones and Alex Smith had this. He doesn't lose you games. He had five picks last year. You know, Daniel's one of those guys that, in fact, Golden Tate told me a couple of weeks ago, he said his issue, he doesn't, he doesn't let it rip enough. Well, the upside to that is Alex and Daniel Jones didn't throw a lot of picks. Like they know what they are, they know what they're not. They're both big, Jones bigger, both straight line speed, both really coachable, both super bright. Golden said he just overthinks the room. He said he'll never get in trouble in New York. He's like Eli. He goes home, film guy, Duke guy, bright. I'm with you. I think the Giants are better than people think. In fact, wouldn't it be, I mean, if if we were guessing a headline, would you be shocked if this was the headline? Giants
1: end up with better record than the Jets. That feels oh. like a headline. Well, and tell me this. If I tell you the final four in the NFC is the 49ers, the Giants, the Eagles, and the Cowboys, who's not signing up for that? <laughs> right? The markets, <laughs> the history. The other thing I give Brian Dayball a lot of credit on is in like to be a good – like you can only do so much as the head coach. You need good assistants, and you need good coordinators. He hired Mike Kafka, who when I was with the Eagles, we drafted – Apprentice under Andy Reid and and Nagy and Doug Peterson forever in Kansas City. So you bring him over to kind of tutor him as well and make him your offensive coordinator, and then he hires Wink Martindale, who right there with Vic Fangio, an older guy, elite scheme guy, different than Vic. He's much more of an aggressive defensive coordinator, but he's the he's the real deal. He's a top five defensive coordinator. Their coaching staff is really really good. And I remember when I was a kid in like the late 90s and some of those good John Fossil Giants teams, they were just well-coached. And they got away from that for a long time. And the, say what you want about the Cowboys, they just had better coaching staffs. Obviously, the Eagles did. And that's why they were getting worked. And for the first time, and sometimes you got to get a little lucky anytime you hire a first-time head coach, McVay, Kyle, whatever, right? You need luck on your side. But then you if you hire the right guy, your franchise will be okay. It's why so many of these teams just suck in perpetuity. They just constantly hire these guys that should not be head coaches. It's, it's not that complicated of a sport if you can just get the right head coach.
0: Former scout John Middlecoff at the Volume 3 and Out podcast. As usual, you always deliver interesting stuff, man. You always deliver. Good seeing you. You too, Colin. Take it easy. Freddie Prince Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey Jeff,